there are a few thoughts that I have, a few, a few things that I have learned over the course of my practice that I would like to share with you tonight. And the most important thing when you go and you listen to talks or when you read books or when you attend uh, in-person retreats, sittings and so on, and somebody gives a talk, then it's really important for you to see and feel and intuit. So with your intuition, uh, make sure that you feel that the person who is talking is talking from a point of authenticity. And when I say authenticity, then I don't mean the robes that somebody is wearing, the knowledge that somebody is exposing of the academic study of Buddhism or even the study of practice per se. What I mean is the authenticity of heart. Is that person truly speaking their heart, mind, their kokoro, as it is pronounced in Japanese, heart and mind? Is that person speaking from the core of their being? And that is something you will not necessarily hear in the words, but it is important that you connect to it from a place that is beyond just mere understanding of the words. The highest level of such a talk is called Tesho. And Tesho is, is different than a Dharma talk. A Dharma talk is often practical and it is often speaking from the experience of the person giving the talk according to the depth of that experience. But a Tesho, a Tesho is a formal presentation that in itself is meant to be a manifestation of that person as the activity of Dharma as the activity of being awake. So now, of course, we are not giving Tesher here. There is nothing formal about talks we have in this place. This is Dharma talk, and it is meant to be straightforward from heart to heart, and it is meant to be practical. After all, if there's even a tenth of a percent that can be taken from what is said, it is worth attempting to share. It is not so much an attempt to teach because we all have to be our own teachers. We all have to learn the lessons from ourselves because we are the subject matter expert who has lived from the very, very beginning of our lives with that mind, that heart, who carries the history, who carries the hopes, the fears, and the past. 
and who is the only person to transcend past, future, self. So it's not an easy job. It is not an easy practice because we have all become very, very familiar with that stinky little self. And there is something comforting in knowing how it works. But it is also stale. It's like the smell. When you enter into the morning to wake somebody up and you enter their bedroom and you smell the air that somebody has been breathing for the last 12 hours over and over again. Now, of course, the person's sleeping, even though they are not aware, they are not awake. They are the ones who don't even smell that when they wake up. So a little bit of fresh air is always important, and that is what our practice provides. It provides us the ability to open the windows of that self, to let some light in. And if it's like a tower that has no windows, eventually there will be a crack somewhere. Let me remind you of Leonard Cohen's song. There's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. So that is part of our practice. It is a majority of time that we spend on the cushion in this investigation. And when we break it down, what is it that we are doing? We are actually making relationship. We are making relationship not only with all the sentient and insentient beings of the world, all the phenomena, the flowers, the birds, the bees, the grasses, whatever it is, and other human beings. We make relationship. We make relationship in the moment when we hear the sound. We make relationship over time with that what is closest to us again our small self. And to make true relationship, we have to be open and we have to be willing to start out without any presumptions, with a blank slate, even with ourselves. All the things that we think we know about ourselves, even those we have to let go. Because again, they are just objects. They are just stale, dead rooms in which somebody has slept for a long time. But over time, when our nose develops and we can smell those stale rooms, it will become easier to open the windows and to let the fresh air in.
This is a very long-term undertaking. It's not something that is instantaneous. It is not something that is result-oriented or that has a final goal. This practice is truly, as the Buddha says, that the path is the goal. It is not something that is out there somewhere at the horizon like the light at the end of a tunnel. It is, just as Hakuin says, this very spot is the lotus land. This very body is the body of the Buddha. Without fail, we will meet challenges that seem to be insurmountable. We will find ourselves in life situations where we think we are completely out of control, yet we are told, this is what you have to do. You have to get beyond it. And everything seems just to not allow that. That is where one of the six paramitas really pays off. It's called kshanti, forbearance, patience. Be as patient with challenges like that as you are with your breath. Your breath continues as long as you live. That is true forbearance. And always keep in mind that that what we have the most trouble to surmount is that that will bear the biggest results. Way too often it is that we think we should concentrate on the things that we do well already. That is clearly an approach that is based on a point of view of an I am self that wants to present itself in the best light possible. But that is not what Zen practice is about. It's not about presenting yourself. It's about being authentic, being truly alive, and being in complete relationship. So forget about the things that you do well already. It comes to you by your nature. There is nothing to add. Where we can learn the most is where we are the weakest. And we do not become stronger without patiently and with forbearance addressing that what we see as weaknesses. In fact, we have to learn to work on it without judging it, without attaching any label to it. We just do it. And over time, we will even forget that it used to be difficult. And suddenly, things just work in a different way. Being in the groove is an expression that fits very well as a description. Now, of course, we live in a culture where there is constant comparison. There is competition with everybody and everything. 
and I call it the society of one-upmanship. One has to be one-up to somebody else. And painfully over time we will learn that even though we might be able to be one-up on somebody, there is always somebody else who does things better than we do. There is always somebody who is even one-up to that person. And eventually we will have to learn how to let go of all those comparisons. Don't compare yourself. It will keep you from being authentic. It will take away the power, the strength, the forbearance you need to become in full relationship with your Buddha nature. Making relationship is the key. Making relationship with that who you think you are. Making relationship, asking yourself, who is it? Who is it? Who is it who is undertaking this investigation? Who is asking this question? And even here, eventually we will come to a point of relationship that is beyond asking, beyond question and answer. Bring relationship into your daily lives. Treat everything that you encounter in your day as yourself, with the dignity, with the attention that it deserves. Catch yourself being unattentive. Catch yourself not even noticing something that is obviously right there in front of your eyes, your ears, your senses, and make that full relationship. A door handle that is fully experienced when we touch it. The door that we close without leaving traces. The piece of paper or refuse that we just don't discard, but that we carefully and with full attention put into the recycling bin. Making relationship is a very important part of Zen practice. And relationship means no comparison, no self and other, but a full giving of both to each other, relinquishing their separateness. And then, Dharma activity 
plays itself out as usual and separation will occur. And then when we come back to separation, don't be fooled. There are distinctions. There is everything that is existing from that same basic principle, yet it is distinct. There are differences. There are injustices. There is work to be done in the human world, work of addressing cruelty, discrimination, racism, all of these human societal signs of not being able to make true relationships. So by following this practice and investigating your own self and making relationship with that, at the same time, we discover the roots of those societal manifestations that are based on the lack of such relationship. Give it a try. Do it authentically and with forbearance. And since it's such a difficult thing, I want to let you know that I'm really, really grateful for having you all here to aid each other and to a certain degree, selfishly, to aid myself in staying on the path, staying in relationship with that what is unfolding right here in this moment, in this room, in this one great heart.